If you would turn in your Bibles to um, Matthew chapter 2, and uh, we gave a title to this morning's message, Very Wise Men, and uh, they were very wise for a number of reasons as we have seen before. The passage, the section is probably not unfamiliar uh, to us, and uh, yet it's a very encouraging portion of scripture to look at. In fact, there's an Old Testament verse, I think, that can be used to be over this whole account in Matthew chapter 2 with the visit of the wise men. Uh, Oftentimes you'll find there's verses in Scripture that are kind of like summary verses of a number of spiritual truths that are found in the Word of God. And uh, I, I believe this one hovers over the teaching of Matthew chapter 2. And you need not turn to there. I'm going to just state it to you. Uh, where the Lord told the people of Israel, He said, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And um, that was true. There was always a remnant in Israel, even when a whole generation, it looked like, uh, was going to go after other gods, the gods of the nations around Israel. There, were, there was always that remnant of people who really sought after God. And uh, the, the, the Lord said to them very clearly, You will seek me and find me when you search for me. And the key in that verse is with your whole heart that we really are seeking the Lord. And, and it's a joy and a blessing to be with you this morning. We have a number who are away today. But uh, I just thank the Lord that we're here. And Don mentioned this already, that we can seek the Lord. Uh, we're here for Him. And, and I realize when I'm on vacation or I'm away, uh, we go to other places to visit and to worship uh, it, it takes an ability to concentrate when you're in a congregation. You see people around you maybe you don't even know. Um, it, it does take um, the, the work of the Holy Spirit who lives within us to allow us to focus and concentrate on our Lord. But we're here for Him, are we not? Amen. We're here for Him. And yes, we love to sing the hymns of the faith, and they're part of our worship. And we love to see brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, fellowship is an important part of being together when we come to worship. However, primarily, we are here for him, for our Lord. So, uh, <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 13, where the Lord said to the people of Israel, You will seek me, and you'll find me, if, there was a condition there, if you search for me with your whole heart. And it's interesting that the psalmist said, in that long psalm, the psalm, the longest of the psalms, Psalm 119. He says, with my whole heart I have sought you. So again, he's testifying, saying, Lord, you know, I really desire to have fellowship with you. I really desire to worship you. And we're going to see that that was true of the wise men or the magi. And then uh, he went on and said, with my whole heart I, I have sought you, and let me not wander from your commandments. Now let me encourage you in this. Sometimes we hear some people who fall by the wayside spiritually. And uh, recently we've heard of some people somewhat well-known who were kind of giving up on their faith. Well, there's a reason that that happens, okay? And one of the reasons that it happens was mentioned in 119.10 uh, where he said, Lord, don't let me wander from your commandments. Lord, help me to stay true to your word. Help me to stay in your word. May your word continue to be an encouragement to me. 
we know, we, we remember the words of Jesus who said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so when you get into the Bible on your own, and I hope you do, and maybe if you, you might be here this morning and say, You know, I've been kind of neglecting my Bible. Uh, I haven't been reading it as I should. May this be an encouragement for you. When you go home, set your Bible down and open it up. Uh, put it nearby where you'll go to bed tonight. And, and leave it open so that you can be encouraged again by the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the psalmist again said, With my whole heart I've sought you, and Lord, don't let me wander away from your commandments. Help me, Lord, to keep reading your Word and being encouraged in my walk with you. We all need to be encouraged spiritually, all of us. Okay, so um, we gave a title, Very Wise Men, and we have in Matthew chapter 2 the account of the worship of the wise men. And it's interesting that only Matthew in his gospel uh, uh, provided a record for us of these men coming from the east in order to worship the Lord. And, of course, as we will again repeat, They traveled hundreds of miles to come and see, quote, the king of the Jews. And we're going to explain this out as well. And, of course, when they found him, uh, the text of Scripture is very clear. They were thrilled. They were encouraged. They were filled with joy. And they worshiped the Lord and they gave him gifts as well. So it's wonderful, you know, that we can be here today and we can worship the Lord. Now, this is not meant to be a negative put down, okay? And it may sound that way, but it's not intended to be that. But listen, we're in a minority here this morning. When you drive home, you'll see people in their car, I mean in their homes, in their houses. You'll see people shopping, and they're not going to worship God today. I'm saying that to be and being careful. That's not meant to be a negative put-down. It's meant to encourage us, we who know the Lord, to keep worshiping Him. And as the psalmist prayed, Lord, don't allow me to stray and wander away from your word. Keep within me, Lord, the desire to worship you on the Lord's day. I thank the Lord for parents who encouraged me in this. And some of you were encouraged in that as well. To worship the Lord. uh, To remember that Sunday is, and we put it in our bulletin all the time, the Lord's day. Where does that come from? It comes from the book of Revelation where Sunday, the first day of the week, is called the Lord's Day. And it doesn't mean all through the day you have to be meeting together with Christian people. It's not saying that. But it does say and encourage us to come together and to worship the Lord. And we will see this tremendous encouragement in the lives of these who went to meet the King of the Jews. The text begins in 2.1. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. This is, a, this is a beautiful account in Scripture. I, I love to read it every year. Um, it, it, it's just beautiful. Uh, they were wise. Now, uh, it reminds us to think about the subject of wisdom. Uh, what is real wisdom? Well, real wisdom is the ability to make good and right choices. Um, it's the ability to, from a Christian perspective, it's the ability to apply God's word. Okay, so the big idea this morning is that the wise men came to worship the Lord, and we need to maintain that desire. 
and even when we come into the house of the Lord to develop that ability to focus on him because other things will cross our minds but we're here to because we love our savior because of what he did for us and pretty soon we will be at the table together where we're focused on why he came but uh, wisdom is the ability to make wise and right choices um, you know I find myself having to pray periodically and it's a good way to pray Lord help me with my priorities <laughs> uh, help me to have the right priorities and there's nothing wrong with having hobbies and things that you like to do um, there's nothing wrong with li liking or loving your work or your job but we have to be careful that we have the proper priorities and you've heard them many many times our priority system let's see if we got it right it's God first family and then our job and everything else in fact our main job is not the job that we go to in order to earn money that's not our main job our main job is our home and our family that's where God wants us to uh, live before him to encourage one another in the family and uh, but boy this world system uh, can do a lot to cause our thinking to move in a different direction. Um, our main responsibility, of course, is our Lord. So we need to constantly be praying for wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.26, the Apostle Paul said, Not many wise according to the flesh, and not many mighty, and not many noble are called. But these magi who went to Jerusalem uh, to see the Savior, uh, they were wise men. And they were of noble birth, and they were very influential. And uh, they're called wise men because in their day they were wise. Uh, they were trained in the study of the stars. Um, they were often those who were advisors to kings. And um, it's beautiful to see how God uh, was literally guiding them, and we'll get into that in detail in a minute. Uh, we don't know exactly where they came from. It says wise men from the east. Now I'm going to put my uh, interpretation down upon this. Uh, they went to Jerusalem. Who were they looking for? The king of the Jews. Okay. So they had to have heard something in the east about the king of Israel, the king of the Jews, in fact, being born. I believe that they came from the area that we call um, ancient Babylon. <clears throat> Mesopotamia, uh, the uh, land between the two rivers, the Tigris and Euphrates River. And uh, I believe they found out about the birth of Christ probably through, and uh, stay with me for a minute, the wise men in Babylon. In other words, when Daniel and his three friends were there, they were taking their captive out of Israel, and they had the scriptures with them. And they would talk about the Lord. And I'm sure there were Babylonians there that heard about Israel and the true and living God of Israel. And so I believe that that discussion uh, of uh, the even the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ was mentioned throughout Babylon. And I believe that these wise men came from the area of Babylon. Some say uh, Persia, which was a little farther over in the east. But I... I primarily believe it was from Babylon. In fact, there are those who suggest, and as you know, there were over 300 prophecies concerning the birth of Christ, 
that they even had a knowledge of Numbers 24:17. That prophecy said that a star would come out of Jacob. And uh, when they saw that star in the east, that was a signal for them to go seek the Messiah. Um, the source of the revelation from God, well, we don't know exactly, but we do know that they were looking for, and we're going to be talking about this more, um, the king of Israel. And they really, you'll notice the text says, and, and this is beautiful, it says, um, we have seen his star in the east, verse 2, and we've come to worship him. In other words, they didn't just come to see him. Whoa. Not just to see this one who was born, but we want to worship him. We want to give him honor. We want to give him reverence. And that's so beautiful. And true worship, of course, is um, a time when we connect with God. Like right now. Uh, this, is, this is wonderful that we can be here together. Someone has said this way, and I copied this down. Uh, true worship is a meeting between God and his people when the worshiper is brought into personal contact with the one who gives meaning and purpose to life. In other words, we're here today, and we've already admitted this. We're here for our Lord, and we are connecting with him. He knows you're here. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows that you're, you're really thinking about the fact that here we have the story of the wise men. They went to Jerusalem searching for Christ. And um, they not only wanted to see him, but they wanted to worship him. Well, the Lord knows that we're here today with one another. And our desire is to honor the one who gave us spiritual life through faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ. When Herod the king, of course, heard this verse 3, it says that he was troubled. He was troubled, of course, because he was a very, very wicked ruler. He had his own wife killed and his two brothers killed because he thought that they would be traitors and uh, be involved in a plot to have him killed. And so he was a very suspicious person. Well, when he heard that the wise men came to worship the king of the Jews. What, another king? And that, that, that really troubled him, uh, very much so, to say the least. Um, all Jerusalem with him. And sometimes people have asked the question, why, why does it say that all Jerusalem with him was um, troubled? Well, for several reasons. But one reason is there probably were more than three wise men that went. It was probably a whole group of individuals. Three is used because of the gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But it was probably a good group of people who came from the east riding on their camels. I don't know what else they had to come on. Uh, coming to Jerusalem, a big group of people. And so um, those in the, in, the, in the city of Jerusalem knew that this group had come and then they heard the word that they had come to worship the king of the Jews. So they were troubled because, I think, they were troubled because they're wondering, well, what's Herod going to do next? You know, here's a guy who's very jealous, who had his wife killed, his two brothers killed. What will he do next? Well, you know what he did next. He actually had babies killed from age two on down. 
So he wants to find uh, this king, uh, this king of the Jews, and so he asked the uh, chief priests and scribes where Christ would be born. Now this gets really interesting. They went to the right text. They really did. They went to Micah 5.2 where it says very clearly uh, he will be born in Bethlehem in the land of Judah which is least among the rulers of Judah. That's where the Christ would be born. What's really interesting is the fact that they came to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel at that time, and um, they wanted to find the Christ. So they get the religious leaders and they say, oh yeah, the scriptures say he would be born in Bethlehem. It was only five miles away. It's only five miles away. Did they go, the leaders of Israel, to see Christ? No, they didn't go. The Gentiles did. They were seeking Christ. One of the lessons we learn from this portion of Scripture is this. That Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews, the promised Messiah, the Old Testament Scriptures, came not only for the Jews, but he came for Gentiles. He came for us. He came to give his life for us. And yet the leaders of Israel, um, they had the Scriptures, but they didn't believe them. You know, that's something to think about. Um, we are those who are blessed with the Word of God. And, you know, because we have the Scriptures, we should read it, as we challenged you earlier, and, and be encouraged by it, realizing it's our spiritual food. But it's possible that there are people who have the Word of God, and it, and it doesn't make an impact upon their lives. It doesn't change them. It doesn't move them in the direction that God would have them move. The leaders of Israel, they had the scriptures. And the scriptures said that the Messiah of Israel would be a person. And it actually told where he would be born. And here you have these Gentiles come and say, he, he, we've seen his star in the east. We're looking for him. What do you think about the fact that the um, Jewish leaders didn't go to see Christ? There's a term given in Scripture for this. It's called spiritual blindness. It's in 2 Corinthians 4.4. It says, Whose minds the God of this world has blinded so that they would not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. Whose minds the God of this world has blinded. Now, this is actually going to help us. This is going to encourage us. Because people we know who are not interested in Christ, okay, not interested in spiritual things, we need to pray for them. We need to pray that God will intervene. We need to pr pray that God will open their minds and open their hearts to see the beauty of Jesus Christ. Because see, that verse mentions the fact that the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. You and I know how awesome Jesus is. I mean, we do. There's no substitute for Jesus. There's no gift that you can give anybody that's better than the gift of knowing Christ the Savior. The greatest but you see, if someone's mind is blinded to that, they're not going to see the beauty of Jesus. So uh, we need to uh, talk about the fact that, yes, 
We should pray for those that we're concerned about. We want them to go to heaven. We want them to know the Lord. We would love to have them come and worship with us. Okay, wow, but what, supposing you say, yeah, but there's, they don't see their need. They don't see a need for the By the way, that's the key for someone getting saved. Remember the ABC? When we want to encourage someone to be saved, ABC, A, they have to acknowledge their need for Christ, right? B, the one condition for salvation is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. We usually, belief has two sides to it, repentance and belief. They have to repent of sin and believe that Jesus died for our sins. And then C, they need to call upon the Lord. So we need to pray. We need to keep that A, B, C in mind because people who don't know about A and acknowledge that they really need the Lord are probably not going to move over to B, believing in Christ as Savior. Anyway, uh, this is uh, something to understand. Uh, the fact that the religious leaders of Israel uh, were spiritually blind. And uh, in this passage, there's three types of individuals in response to Christ. One, there's the response like Herod, people who are absolutely not interested in the truth of God. Uh, by the way, uh, we had a discussion in uh, men's Bible study yesterday morning. Um, what do you say to people who say, I'm an atheist? You know, there's some things that we could say to encourage and move them along. In fact, uh, there's a book entitled... I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. It's written by Frank Turek. And Frank goes on college campuses, and I'm telling you, the students line up. You can hear him on the radio, but now he's, uh, his broadcasts are visualized. Uh, I forget what system he uses. But anyway, the students line up, and Frank's there. By the way, Frank is a um, retired Air Force pilot. But he kept growing in the scriptures and growing in his knowledge of the Lord. And uh, he goes to college campuses, and the students line up to try to, and some of them, not all of them, trick them with questions. They, they do it. They ask him very difficult questions, and he always answers from the Word of God. Um, Cross-examined is the name of his ministry. Cross-examined. You ought to listen to it sometime. It's really excellent. It's on 90.5 FM. It's on other stations as well. Anyway, the leaders of Israel, uh, they were indifferent to Christ. Herod was opposed to Christ. They were indifferent to Christ, and they joined together. Uh, when someone has indifference, and we all know somebody who may be indifferent to spiritual things, we don't want to condemn them. We want to pray for them. We want to keep them in our prayers and say, Lord, please intervene in their lives. And, of course, there are those who, like the wise men, whose hearts were opened and they believed in the Lord Jesus. Just quickly, um, the worship of the Lord um, and the worship of the Magi is in verses 9 through 12. And in 10 and 11, you'll see how God got them to the place where they would worship the Lord. Uh, they proceeded... Uh, to Bethlehem from Jerusalem, guided by the star. Now, all kinds of people make some uh, analyses with regards to what is the star. I personally believe <clears throat> that the star was the Shekinah glory of God that, that led the people of Israel for 40 years through the wilderness. There was the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. 
and I believe it was the Shekinah glory. It was a glow. It was like a star, only it was a glow of the glory of God. And I believe that's what led them from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And the text is beautiful. It says um, they saw the star, and when they saw the star, verse 10, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, there's three terms there. Rejoice exceedingly with great joy. They're saying, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. We see the star. We see God guiding us. And if you were to talk to them after they found Christ, you would say to them, well, how did God get you there? And they would say, supernaturally. We saw the star in the east, and then we went to see the, the, um, the Christ child, and then it reappeared. And boy, when it reappeared, they were very excited, very excited. And when they came to the house, Joseph, Mary, and the young child were in the house. You'll notice that it says they were in the house. So anytime you have a manger scene, and don't throw yours out, by the way. Please don't do it. Somebody gave us a number of years a beautiful ceramic set of the manger scene. I mean, it's beautiful. In fact, these ladies painted the, the set themselves. They, they bought the uh, ceramics. It's beautiful. And, of course, it has the shepherds and the angels there. I, I'm sorry, and the wise men there at the same time. But they weren't really there together at the manger scene at the same time. Don, you're not going to do that tonight, are you? Okay. It was later that they went into the house. And uh, could have been up to months later, could have been even up to two years later. The Magi found the one that they had diligently searched for. And um, there's your key. Remember we talked about the psalmist writing, With my whole heart have I sought thee. And so I, I, I pray for myself that I would always keep that desire to want to worship the Lord. Uh, I, I need that. I need that desire. Uh, when we're away on vacation, wherever we are, Lord, we want to worship you. We want to honor you. And, of course, the Lord honored them for their desire uh, to find Christ. Now, let me mention this. This is a little aside, but um, I think it's important. You may have somebody come knock on your door, and uh, they say, oh, we're from this group. And sometimes it's either a Mormon group or a Jehovah's Witness group, and they want to tell you about their religion. You know, I, I listen. I try to be very respectful. But, you know, the point is, whether it's Mormonism or JWs, they do not believe that Jesus Christ is God the Son. They do not. Okay? All you have to do is start talking to them about, oh, he was a great man. He was, uh, he was you know, sent by God. and But... Jesus Christ is Emmanuel. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. And that's where we started with the middle school youth, by the way, last week. Uh, we talked about the fact that um, Christmas is about God coming here. And, you know, the kids could listen. I think they understood uh, how much they'll retain or carry along. I'm not sure. But here's my point, though. When they come knocking at your door... I like to say this. 
hey, appreciate you stopping by, but I already have received God's Son as my Savior. So I look at the two of them. They usually come in twos. And I say, you know, keep searching. And at the end of your search, you need to find Jesus. Because he's the only Savior. Remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Didn't he say that? Not I will show you the way. Jesus said, I am the way. So, so we like to say that. Well, they fell down and they worshipped him very quickly. And they had three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And uh, the gifts are symbolic uh, and have real significance. The gold is the gift that's uh, valuable for a king, as it says in the Psalms. And it represents the deity of Christ. It represents the fact that he was king. The incense uh, is a... Um, uh, a beautifully smelling perfume and the idea uh, the incense speaks of the fragrance of the life of Jesus Christ there was no one like him who lived and, and please use this terminology sometimes perfectly before the father in heaven yes he was tempted to sin but he never sinned he lived a life and obedience to the Father in heaven, incense, and then, of course, the myrrh looked forward to his death. Myrrh was used for embalming someone who died, and, of course, Jesus was born to die. So quick summary, and we'll come to the table together. Uh, first of all, I think Matthew wanted us to understand that Jesus is the Messiah, the King of the Jews. Over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament said when Christ comes, you will be able to recognize him. And those whose hearts were set towards God, like Simeon and uh, Anna, they knew that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah, didn't they? They knew who he was. And you see, God has given us his word so that we can understand things about him, about ourselves, and even about our future. Boy, we're, we're going into a new year together. We don't need to be discouraged going into another, another new year when we don't know what's going to happen during that year. We don't know what things are in front of us, but we know who goes with us, don't we? The Lord. And he's going to be with you. He's with you today. He'll be with you tomorrow in the future because Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. So uh, the first thing Matthew wants us to understand that Jesus is the promised Savior over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. Secondly, he wants us to remember that Jesus is to be worshipped not only by the Jews, but by all nations. See, that's very important. The wise men came from the east. They were Gentiles. They came from another land, into the land of Israel. Remember, Jesus, just before he ascended to heaven, said... Um, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Earth, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And this is why we have missions. We here at LBC have the privilege of praying for and giving some finances to missionaries who are in other countries. And it's gotten to the place where we can't list those countries in our bulletin because they're in countries where they have to be very careful. right? But you see, when you bring your offering and give it to the Lord... It's not only going for this ministry here, but it's going to missions. And we thank the Lord for some 20-plus missionaries who are out spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew wanted it to be clear that Christ came to be worshipped by Gentiles as well. 
So he wanted us to see that Jesus is the Messiah, the King of the Jews, the promised Savior. Even Scriptures even said where he would be born. He was to be worshipped by those in all nations because all people need Jesus Christ. And lastly, Isaiah 42.6 says that God said to his people Israel, I have called you to be a light to the Gentiles. To be a light to the Gentiles. They weren't good lights to the Gentiles. In fact, they had these pagan deities in these nations around them. And oftentimes... The people of Israel said, we think we'll worship those pagan deities. In fact, one of them was Moloch. Now, you don't want to worship Moloch. Moloch was the one who asked his people, the leadership of that god, small G-O-D, to sacrifice their babies to his idol. And they used to take a, a burning idol, and he asked them to take their newborn children and throw them into the fire. Terrible. The Lord said to a people of Israel, I want you to be light to the Gentiles and tell them of God's love and tell them that uh, a life is a gift from God. And he tells us as well as believers to be lights in a world of darkness. So yes, God wants us to be those who seek him. And the key is, with my whole heart I have sought you. So I need to keep examining my heart Lord, do I desire to worship? Do I seek you? And the Lord says, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Let's pray together before we come to the Lord's table.